Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner, live from sunny Cincinnati, ready to rip it up, talk some ball here. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins in a span of like an hour and a half. Obviously, trade discussions had been happening before. I think it was first Ian Rapport of NFL Media that reported the news that there were going to be some discussions between the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Jets. Before we get into that, go ahead. It was actually Eric Eager who tweeted out the eyeball emoji first. Was so, it really? Yeah. If we're, if, we're, if we're really saying who had it first, it might have been Eric Eager in-house. Inter- interesting. So, before Doctor. we get into that, I, ha- I have to highlight a handful of things here. One, I have a funny story from the the Hutchinson Project. So, we're working on Hutch, four-part podcast series with Aiden Hutchinson that comes out in April. And I've been interviewing a ton of people. Shout out to our director of communications, David Sofaro, who has been the man behind every single interview. We've interviewed over 50 people now for this project, and he's been booking every single one. Uh, really created this entire thing. So, he's been a big part of this. And he was on this call, actually, this joke that I do have here. Um, so, we're interviewing ESPN's Chris Fowler, who... I'm not an idiot, right? I, I know who Chris Fowler is. I, I you know, <laughs> watch College Game Day for as long as I can remember. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Chris Fowler's and his coverage of college football and have heard his voice and all that stuff. I am coming off a full day of interviewing Aiden Hutchinson. My, my brain is like largely poop, like mush, going into this Tuesday interview with Chris Fowler. And on that same day, I'm going to read the people I've talked to. Shout out again to David Sofaro, Ian Rapport of NFL Media, Kirk Herbstreet, Ben Herbert, which is the strength and conditioning coach of Michigan. And even today, I talked to Marty Smith of ESPN, Dan Deerdorf, David Pollock, and then the offensive line coach for Penn State. My brain is on fry mode. That's not an excuse for the, for the error that I do make. So Chris Fowler and I are talking before, and David Safaro is on the Zoom call as well, are talking before we start recording. And again, I'm like kind of working through the motions, looking at my questions and all that stuff. And, you know, generally in this project, I'm asking a lot of the same things, right? It's a lot about Aiden Hutchinson. It's about his family and his perception of the season, all this shit. Chris at that point says, hey, thanks. You know, I say, thanks for setting aside some time. You're the man, whatever. And he says, yeah, I'm supposed to be calling some tennis right now, but you know, some games got moved around or whatever. And I said, oh, are you a big tennis fan, Chris? And he kind of sits there and, and pauses. And immediately as I say it, I know I fucked up. Like, and that's a swear we're going to St. Jude's. But like that, I knew I did something wrong. And I immediately started like, Googling his name. Anyway, he's in silence trying to like mutter how to even respond. David Safaro throws me a life raft, comes off of mute and says, oh, Chris, because then he says, oh, you're not a big tennis fan, huh? And then Dave says, like, no, he's not, but I am. I love the Wimbledon or whatever the hell the <laughs> tennis matches are and all this stuff. And then I, like, end up saying, like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's totally on me. Like, I, I feel like such an asshole. Like, I, I'm not a big tennis fan, unfortunately. And he's like, buddy, I've called 50 Grand Slams. <laughs> <laughs> I've called 50 Grand Slams. And I'm like, I, I honestly, at that point, I, I remember I sent a voice oh, message man. to Dave right after. And I was like, was it me or you had the low light of their career asking Chris Fowler if he was a tennis fan? That was easily the low light or at least one of the low lights of my interview career That's with tough. Fowler. It was That's tough. tough. I, if, if slash when I see Chris in person, I'm going to vehemently apologize, get yeah. on my knees and apologize because that was so bad, so unprofessional. He, but I hope he understands one day. He hates you. I was actually in a similar situation last week on a radio hit that I was doing. I think it was Cleveland. Um, some station in Cleveland. They asked me. And during the thing, they transitioned from going from talking about free agency to talking about the draft. And one of the co-hosts is like, do you watch the draft prospects? Are you, like, familiar with these guys? Oh, no. And I'm like... So you're on the other end. I'm on the other end. And I'm like, I don't know how to handle it. And I come off sounding like a huge douche. I'm like, yeah, that's my job. And, like, the way I said it was almost, like, in that in-between of, like, I was just trying to tell him that's my job. But saying, yeah, that's my job to him probably made it sound like... I was being a massive dude. Yeah, that's – I mean, he did not come – I'll say this. 
you you know, he did not come off like a douche. I came off like a douche. Chris Fowler had every right to be like, I called 50 grand slams. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty insane. Only a handful of other things to update before I get to Tyreek Hill news. One, the chain comes in tomorrow. I'm going to be wearing a gold chain on Monday. Let's go. we'll and rock, I get the tattoo. I'll rock mine too. We'll the rock tattoo is tomorrow. I get the tattoo tomorrow. So Monday, I'm going to be looking different. Absolutely different oh, no. on the Monday podcast. Is that then, it? Is that three- a picture of the chain? They're up on the That YouTube? is the picture of the chain. That Oh, we threw it up on YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube, I'm getting that chain. So I don't know if that's a cool a chain. Someone, chain. Someone it's DM'd a... me and was like, you got to get a Cuban link. I don't know if that's a Cuban link, but that's the one I'm getting. And nice. I'm excited about it. Hey. It's uh, going to be fun. But the other thing is, I tweeted about Kayvon Thibodeau recently, and I was going back and watching his film. And I, can't, I came out and said, I was like, I just don't understand and. The floor for him should honestly be five overall with the Giants. And a lot yeah. of people respond and say, are you kidding me? The floor should be the Jets at four. And you know, there's no way the Jets pass him. There's no way the Houston Texans should pass on him. And I think a lot of people are in agreement that five should be the farthest he goes. Right now, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet under five and a half. So will he be a top five pick at plus 130? Like, I think there's value there. I just don't see how both New York teams who... Yeah. If you are going to lean into this analysis that have come from a lot of people that he is a boomer bust prospect and he's got to improve a lot of things and you're drafting him for what he could be, why wouldn't it be one of the two teams that have two top 10 picks, right? To go after a Kayvon Thibodeau when they know they have obviously other, other top 10 picks in that draft. I do think it'd be stunning, absolutely stunning to see him get past the Jets and the Giants. Here's the thing, though, for both those teams. They both need tackle, too. Yeah. And, yeah, they have both have two top 10 picks, but Carolina also needs tackle. So if the Giants are picking... They're going to lean tackle first, then edge with their second one if yeah. they keep those two picks. And then the Jets, the tackle class, we've said this, they might go before gone by yeah. pick 10. So both those teams, I think, could be looking, you know, if Evan Neal is on the board, Iki Kwanu, Charles Cross, if those guys are on the board there, I think that's what you would address first and then wait to pick 10 because maybe the difference in their eyes between Kayvon Thibodeau versus Trayvon Walker, the Georgia edge, mm-hmm. or... Jermaine Johnson, yeah. the Florida State edge, might not be that much. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think the only counter I have to that is if, say, I know right now Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan defensive end, is the favorite to go number one overall. But say, you know, there were some rumors that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make a push for Toron Armstead. They didn't. And some people are assuming that Cam Robinson with the franchise tag is going to move to left tackle. You don't pay him that much to not play him at left tackle, whatever. But He's if they don't, huh? He's been left tackle. No, or, or, so you're keeping him at left tackle. Yeah. But if they don't, like, there's still a chance, obviously, that the Jags go tackle. And if they do, and then you see, say, the Texans also go tackle, and then the Jets go tackle, the Giants can be in a position where Kayvon Thibodeau is the best player available. And even if they do have this tackle yep. need. So, anyway, you can bet it at plus 130. I think there's value there. That's the only other part of the catch and all your buzz I had. Before we get to, obviously, the monster news, what everyone's turning into the YouTube right now. Tyreek Hill traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, or no, Tyreek Hill traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins in, in what was, I think, stunned a lot of people, right? Yeah. You, you have, you know, no one thought, saw this going in. Everyone already felt that the Kansas City Chiefs were reeling as the AFC West added talent. The Chargers added Justin Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Khalil Mack. The Raiders added Devontae Adams. Uh, the Broncos added Russell Wilson. You'd think that the Chiefs would be trying to match that, put in a position where Tyreek Hill wanted a lot of money. And they weren't willing to offer it. They give him this opportunity to seek trade conversations and ultimately have two deals done. How I heard it, and I think it's how it was ultimately reported, is that they had deals done with the Jets and they had deals done with the Miami Dolphins. And they gave Tyreek Hill the opportunity to pick. Tyreek Hill's a Florida guy. I think he spends the offseason in Miami. The choice, obviously, was easy for him. So the Kansas City Chiefs end up getting picked 29 and 50. And a handful of day three picks. I think it's a two fourth rounders and a six rounder. 
uh, in exchange for Tyreek Hill and the opportunity, I always say this, and the opportunity to pay him a shitload of money. Like they gave him this monster four-year contract. I think it's uh, th- uh, three years of it is like almost fully guaranteed at $70 million. It's a lot of money. He's now the highest paid uh, receiver in the NFL. It had Stefan Diggs tweeting out what the hell is going on. Cooper Cup's got to be looking at his contract saying what the hell is going on. But Tyreek Hill is officially a Miami Dolphin pairing up with Jalen Waddell, Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungabailoa, uh, Mike McDaniel's building something there. And I tweeted an hour before this trade went down, if Miami can get Tyreek Hill for the picks 29 and 50 without also giving up Jalen Waddle or Javon Holland, who I feel like are their two most valuable players not on rookie contracts outside of Tua Tungabailoa, it's a massive win for them. And guess what? Only a handful of day three picks in addition to the 29 and 50. I think that's a massive, massive win for a Miami Dolphins team that, similar to the Raiders, is not now vaulting to the top of the AFC East odds, is not expected to win that division, but immediately becomes more competitive and answers the biggest question. Yeah. Is Tua Tungabailoa good? Or not answers, but like helps answer that question in developing him and giving him you know, what we say about all quarterbacks on rookie contract. Give him no excuses. He's got Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike Kosicki's back on the franchise tag. They've added to the offensive line with Teron Armstead. They brought in this offensive-minded coach in Mike McDaniel. It's time to put up or shut up for Tua. Yeah, I'm, I'll just say I'm a little surprised the Chiefs didn't get more. This was absolutely near identical to the package, the Green Bay package got for Devonta Adams. I think our pick value chart has it about the first, second, fourth of this year, darn near equal with the fourth and sixth next year being like icing on the cake compared to what the Packers got in return because it's pick 22 versus pick 29, which is the big difference there. But that's not a massive difference in terms of our pick value chart. So Chiefs come away with a little more, but. Hill a year younger, I think you could maybe argue Hill's game may not age as well as Adams' game does, far more reliant on that athleticism and that uh, ability that, you know, at 32 years old, by the end of this deal, is he going to be still that elite of an athlete? I mean, no. Realistically, that doesn't happen. No one reaches till then. But can he still win over the course of that span? Probably. I mean, by the time he hits 32, he's probably still going to be a productive receiver. So, my opinion, this one – Massive win for the Dolphins, and for the Chiefs side of things, I think Tyreek Hill is a little more valuable to them than Devontae Adams is to the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the Packers ran their offense through him, but Hill opened up. Hill opened up stuff for Kelsey as well. Like Hill's deep threat was crucial to how game teams had to game plan for this offense. So, I'm not sure you're ever going to see what we saw from 2018 through 2019. Just that dominant, another-level offense that no one could stop, that that set the record for most straight games with 24 points. Um, And it's no thing that's going to exist without the duo of Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. So that's – I think you just see the Chiefs' offense take a step back. But it's they needed the cap space, and this was what they paid for last offseason. They went out and spent gobs of money on that offensive line to fix that to make sure they – didn't have what happened in the Super Bowl back in 2020. And now all of a sudden, it's cost them a lot of money. Like, they were not going to be able to fit his contract, Travis, Chris Jones' contract, Pat Clark's contract in 2023 Mm -hmm. if they would have re-signed to this. They just couldn't do it. So you flip them, get the picks back. And with Miami Dolphins now, you got the fastest offense in the NFL. That's not even a debate. They have the fastest offense. They had Raheem Mostert in Mm -hmm. the mix to this offense as well. My Lord. I was talking to 
Eric Eager, a data scientist here at PFF, also famously known for being a Chiefs fan. And his coping strategy right now has been they just freed up $20 million gas in cap space. space. And they're gas the number space. one team in available yeah. cap space right now. That's worth a first-round pick to me. And now that could be a bit of a coping strategy. But, like, where they're at right now, they knew that they weren't going to be able to maintain this. Why not, you know, move on from Tyreek Hill at the peak of his market or wherever it may be? My, my reaction is the same as yours. Like, how do you not get more? How do you not get more for Tyreek Hill? The 29th and 50th overall pick just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, every, when I first sent that tweet out about if the Dolphins can do this, it'd be a huge win. A lot of people are like, are you kidding me? There's no way that's all it is. It should be a future first. Mm-hmm. They should get Jalen Phillips back in return or Emmanuel Ogba back in return. Maybe they should offer Jalen Waddle. The fact that, again, a handful of day three picks – 29 and 50 that is a huge win for Miami and while Kansas City Chiefs fans cope with this and realize like yeah the cap space is real and we weren't going to be able to keep them anyway it's still like you had to have hoped you got a little bit more in return and I also really don't understand so they made this th- decision where like Tyreek Hill gets to choose where he goes do they not have control of that I guess do they not want the Jets offer instead where you get two top 40 picks rather than the 29 and 50 I don't know like I think there's it, it's interesting that they let him kind of choose which it maybe is some respect to him for winning Super Bowl in Kansas City whatever it is a couple questions off of that some people were saying why not just trade Travis Kelsey now the reaction I have to that is like what do you even get for Travis Kelsey at 32 years old 33 years old Are don't, you, don't trade Travis I mean you're still a good team yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're still you're the not, second not blowing it up yeah, by yeah. any means and, and Travis Kelsey again much older like this is and the usage in that offense to me is he's more valuable to them than he would be to anyone else. Whereas Tyreek Hill is universally valuable with yeah. that speed. Well, I'm excited to talk division by division here. I do think that the Miami Dolphins, I don't know if you'd call it like winning this trade. I do think it's a big win for them though. I think it's a big win to making them more competitive and limiting, limiting, maybe not eliminating, but limiting excuses for the development of that's it. By that's law. it. That's the biggest thing there is add in Toronto Armstead to this mix add in Toronto Armstead and Connor Williams and hopefully the upgrade to an off the line that's going to be serviceable to where serviceable off the line the fastest weapons in the entire nfl there's no excuse two is not good this year you know and not only do you know two is not good this year but you've created a very attractive situation for other quarterbacks as we've seen you can find quarterbacks elsewhere and especially if someone wants to leave and go to a different team you create an environment that people will want to go to yeah now if Tua is not the guy for you. handful more things on this Tyree Kill trade I wanted to touch on. There's, a, there's some moments of save your likes today. Oh. Craziest offseason ever is a massive save your likes moment right now on Twitter. Do not like those tweets. Yeah, it's the craziest offseason ever. Who cares? Also, freezing cold takes or old takes exposed, put a tweet out on PFF where we've like – where they show like we've consistently, I say we because I've worked with, the, oh, Mike has it up or Quinn has it up on the YouTube where we've consistently used the, the phrase, who's stopping this offense? Who's stopping this offense is a peak save your likes tweet. It's a peak save your likes tweet. Uh, Why PFF continues to do it, I'm going to shout out our uh, guy who runs our social media, Zach Tantillo. Why we consistently do it, I went back and looked at all like 20 of the tweets PFF main account has sent with that off. caption. The average likes for those, 5,000 likes. Today, we sent, who's stopping this Miami Dolphins offense? 12,000 likes. PFF's a data-driven company. If you want us to stop using the same fucking caption, <laughs> stop. stop liking the goddamn tweet. There are other times where I, I was looking at this for our guy, Zach Tantillo, this social media team. Mm-hmm. I was looking at this, and I was like, we've used other similar captions. Who's stopping this potential Cincinnati Bengals offense? Only 1,200 likes. Imagine what this offense could do. Same type of image. Only 900 likes. Guess what this offense could do next offseason? 900 likes. Who's stopping this offense? Average is 6K. So, freezing cold takes. I love that tweet from them. It's hilarious. Whatever. But 
I just hope you know it's a data driven decision. That's a save. That's a peak save it likes caption. And the only reason we continue to send it is you guys continue to crave it up. And also everyone today mentioning to his arm. Mm. That was a peak like, oh, to if only Tua could hit him. Yeah. If only Tua had the arm strength to hit these guys. As if Tyreek Hill didn't turn Alex Smith into the second most prolific deep ball thrower back in 2017. It's last year with the Chiefs. He had the second most deep yards in the NFL. Alex Smith. They're like At some point, weapons like those two, they create themselves. You, know, it all, you don't need a cannon to hit a guy who's got the kind of space that Tyreek Hill can generate down the field. Mike, just a, just a question to you on that same vein. Because a lot of people are like, wow, this is going to be such a good thing for Teddy Bridgewater. Or two at a time, it's not going to be able to hit these deep balls. Do you know who led the SEC in deep passing yards in 2018? It was Tua Tagovailoa. Do you know who ranked third in the Power Five in deep passing yards in 2018 when he had the re- like an actual receiving core? It was Tua Tagovailoa. Like everyone, I get that he doesn't have this big arm. He had a 97.5 PFF grade on deep throws that season. 32 I, of 58 for 1,200 yards and 16 TDs. Is, like, is his arm weaker than Joe Burrow's? I mean, I don't think it is. It's probably not. They're about the same. I mean, it's marginally weaker, maybe. Maybe. It, Again, you're, you're splitting hairs at, at that point. And Joe Burrow has fared fine. Third most prolific deep passer last season. Now, am I predicting that Tua Tagovailoa, with the addition of Tyreek Hill, leads the NFL in deep passing yards? No, but I also think it's been like overstated, like how much he can't hit the deep ball. Yeah. Like in 2018, when he had like that insane offense, yeah, at, at Alabama, he was able to live up to the hype. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I'm not standing for him saying he's going to be a franchise guy whatsoever, but this is also I'm saying why we advocate for adding weapons like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, adding guys rounding out a receiving core with almost foolproof talent that any quarterback can hit them like guys like that any like the jamar chase of the world with how open they can get a lot of quarterbacks are going to look good that's why we advocate for such a thing i I, this is the last comment i'll have on the trade i because it's difficult honestly to compare this trade to the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the Devontae Adams trade, or even the Amari Cooper trade, which I think looks worse and worse as we continue to progress here. (laughs) Only a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper continues to look insane. I'm not saying Amari Cooper's as good as Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's as good as Devontae Adams, but only a fifth, that big of a disparity. They got three picks the Dolphins gave up prior to that fifth to get Tyreek Hill. (laughs) That's insane. That's (laughs) insane. Either way, the last thing I'll say on is I do think it's difficult to talk about winners and losers, like obvious winners and losers for this trade, because Tyreek Hill is different. It's not like it what he does for an offense is different. Casey Hayward is active on Twitter and he replied to I think it was a Darius Phillips tweet. Not Darius Phillips. Who am I he's been on our show. Darius Butler. Darius Butler tweeted out saying that's gonna suck for the Chiefs or whatever. And then Casey Hayward said it's hundred percent different. No one wants to play man coverage against the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill. It changes completely what defenses do. That I think is more different than Devontae Adams. You've had conversations in the past that Tyreek Hill might be the better receiver than Devontae Adams or what he does for an offense. So I do think it's not as simple as like comparing it to Devontae Adams or some of these other trades, because Tyreek Hill is legitimately different in what he offers an offense. And now with Jalen Waddle there too. That's a dangerous, dangerous team. It has potential, man. Mike McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa have a lot of potential in their hands to like build something insane. Are they going to win the AFC East? Probably not. I think they're still plus seven hundred or, or plus six fifty to win that division. But man, I think they could do some damage. Division. Ooh, go ahead. Do some damage is a classic. Classic. Take, take. Likes tweet. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say it right now. They're they are going damage. to finish. They're going to finish third in the AFC East. I still think the Patriots win more games. Who knows? All right, this is now. 
our division power rankings. What we did here is we looked at every single division and we picked how we feel the division is going to end up, one, two, three, and four, and then our best bet using odds from DraftKings Sportsbook within that division. Now, that best bet is not always I'm betting this because I think they're going to win the division, but it's betting this because the odds make sense and all that kind of stuff. I'm explaining betting to people, which is kind of fucked up. Well done. Before we do, this uh, podcast is presented by Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their... So I I think the read needs to change. I can't just say today I'm excited to announce. Like they've this launched their, but this isn't their. Be- they've had better reads. I'll it's launched. It's launched though. It's like I'm not saying today I'm excited to announce. Yeah. It's been announced. Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's n- for your not so private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all in one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Literally, Manscaped is trust them below the waist, not trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus for shipping with code PFF. I'd recommend using the products in this order. Hop in the shower and scrub it up, dub that body with the Manscaped body wash. Lather your hair up with a two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin togging. Dry off and spray on the hydrating, hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Pop the Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped lips. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get 20% off plus for shipping with code PFF at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus for shipping with code PFF at Manscaped.com. That's power of traction now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Now, one thing I do think that men could struggle with is communicating to their partner that they did purchase Manscaped using the promo code PFF listening to the Tailgate podcast. Because we're kind of... We're kind of assholes, you know what I mean? And I don't think we talk about the read highly. I just think convincing your partner that, like, hey, I, did I think this. you just don't talk about it. You don't. Have you to can't say talk anything. about it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It has to be kind of a silent assassin. It just, it's just assumed, yeah. sort of thing. It, but if you live together with your partner and you don't have manscaped yet, I do think that's a collective decision. She's going to notice the ball deodorant and the chap lips and the the noggin. Your if your Dog. noggin's togging and you live with her, it's going to be a different story. Yeah. First division up to bat, AFC West. The way I have it right now. Have you is, heard they're good this year? I've heard the AFC West is good this year. The AFC West is insane. Uh, right now, the DraftKings DraftKing Sportsbook has the odds to win the division at Chiefs still favored at plus 165. Broncos second at plus 220. Russell Wilson's Broncos. LA Chargers at plus 275. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, who were formerly plus 1,000 to win the division when Devontae Adams was a Green Bay Packer, now plus 700, fourth place still to win the division uh, at plus 700. I have it finishing the Chiefs not winning this division. I do not agree that they should be the favorite, honestly. The Chargers I have finishing first. I, I think the Chargers finish first, Chiefs finish second, Broncos third, and Raiders fourth. I know I've had some conversations oh, on this podcast. You said Raiders I know. Third? I've had what some happened? conversations on this podcast that the Raiders could duke it out and get third ahead of the Broncos. But I do think that the and I think it's because I don't have really good reasoning why the Broncos will be shit outside of I just think it's a lot of newness. Like, Russell Wilson coming over to the Broncos and it being a new coach and a new quarterback, all that, I think it's going to be hard to, like, quickly hit the ground running, right? So it's the same, not not the same, but similar to the conversation I had about the Jaguars Mm -hmm. last year. Jaguars, like, it's so much newness, and yeah, you got this good quarterback and you've added talent and all this stuff, but a lot of newness at the same time, it can take a while for things to hit. And I think I could see that. I think I could see that with the Broncos, but I don't think that's good enough reasoning to position them as the fourth team in the division, especially with DraftKings having them as the second second best odds in the division. How I see it is Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Best bet, obviously, if I think the Chargers are going to win it, I like Chargers plus plus 275 to win the AFC West. I went Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Chiefs go to third in the division? Now, now, and I have the Chargers at plus 275 as my favorite bet. Now, let me just explain this a little bit. 
I obviously I've been banging the table for Tyreek Hill and his value. He, to me, he's the most valuable offensive player outside the quarterback position in the NFL. So that's he's a massive, like it there's now. no there's <laughs> no like figuring it out without him. Yeah, it's a massive loss to Johnson kind of cobbled together. But you just look around this division. They now have they don't have a number one receiver. Everyone else in this division has number one receivers. I guess you could call Travis Kelsey that, but even still, like it's not quite the same as a traditional number one receiver. You don't have a pass, an edge rush whatsoever at the moment. You don't have a great cornerback group whatsoever. And you look at the pass rushes around this division with the Raiders now with Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, with the Broncos, Broncos, yikes, with Bradley the Broncos. Chuck, <laughs> Randy Gregory, the Chargers, with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. You don't have a right tackle at the moment if you're the Kansas State Chiefs. You lost your best cornerback from last year. Yeah, you had Legere Sneed, but you have to cobble together something at the cornerback position. And moves are still to be made. This is obviously – they now have some cap space to work with. Maybe they go out and sign Stephon Gilmore, and we're talking about this differently. But as it stands right now, they're the third-best team in that division, in my opinion. Damn. Kansas City Chiefs are the third-best division. There's only that. so much credence you can still give to we just having the, Mahomes and Andy Reid. We've brought know? up the PFF social team a little bit. Put that on a quote graphic. The Chiefs are officially the third-best team in the AFC West. Don't, but that is the thing. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that's unsaid there is they do have space. They will be making more moves now after this. Do you think they're you uh, a candidate to land Julio Jones? Well, MVS is visiting them. He could replace some of that speed, not even close to the same speed. Don't even mention him in the same breath. But he can replace, have that vertical threat in the offense. I do think they go out and get a cornerback on the open market. And I do think they sign a couple, if not, or one, if not two, veteran edge rushers like Melvin Ingram back, something like that. We didn't talk a lot about the picks that they picked up and what they could do with them. They now pick 29th and 30th, I believe, in the 2022 NFL draft. And I was running through PFS. Love those back to backs. Love Love those back to backs. Do you, do you have to officially declare one ahead of the other? Absolutely. Because it matters for money. Yeah, Duh. it does. You, I you guess. can't just fucking. Well, you think this is fair? But you could announce them at the same time, right? I don't think so. They, they can announce them at the same time. You think? Because no one's. No I don't think they're going to come in and get your. The pick. NFL's not going to let them do that. They need to draw this puppy out and give that guy his shine. It's going to like this guy's moment of getting drafted in the NFL and he just like, gets bucketed with some other dude. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we didn't talk about what they're going to do. I was going through PFF's Mock Draft Simulator, which you haven't gone to yet. Go check it out, pff.com slash mock. There is going to be an update to it soon, too. That's going to be pretty freaking sick. But before we get into that, I don't know how one of the top five receivers really falls to them, right? I, I, I sent out a tweet today saying, I think there's a good chance Drake London of USC, both the Ohio State receivers and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the Alabama receiver and Jameson Williams, even with the injury, and then even Arkansas's Traylon Burks, could be off the board by then, especially with the Green Bay Packers picking twice ahead of them now. And that's not saying they'll pick two receivers, but they probably pick one. Yeah. Are they going to be looking at George Pickens of Georgia, maybe Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore in that spot rather than any of those top five? I think that's a really good chance. Yeah, the wide receiver neediness towards the back end of the first round just grew. So where they're sitting, they might be left hanging because of, like you said, would you advocate at all for them to trade up with the capital that they have to go get a guy, or is it not that important? Say they do sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but no one else, and it's Scantling, Josh Gordon, and Juju Smith-Schuster going into the year with Travis Kelsey obviously there. Do they have to go make a play, or do they stay put? If Jamison Williams is like in the mix, if it's not too much, if you can like flip a fourth up to go get him, sure, by all means, jump the Packers, whatever, but... I don't think there's a lot of – I do think it's a deep wide receiver class that you might as well just take the guy that falls to you if that's not the case, if, you, if there's not a unique guy at the top. Someone did highlight in the YouTube channel, and I appreciate everyone watching live on YouTube, what about Josh Ross? 
or not Josh Ross, John Ross, John Ross coming in and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Replacing some of that speed. I mean, sure. Go ahead. Sign John Ross. Love. Wait, I don't want anyone signed John Ross. So we can tell the John Ross. We have story. to tell the John Ross. Is he on the team? He's currently a free agent, I believe. Uh oh, it could be the time for the John Ross story, the infamous John Ross story from the two for one drafts era. He is currently a free agent. No one's currently him. a free agent. If he go, if we go into the season, I think we launch it. Yeah. Week one. Week one. Week one is the deadline. If he's not on a team by week one, we launch the John Ross story into the ether. Um, the story I knew that he was doomed to. Not we have to also practice guy. telling that story because it's kind of rough. It's rough, yeah. All right, anyway, moving to the AFC South. I have it going Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Now, and I think this division is close. The DraftKings currently has, I think, the Titans and Colts tied at plus 120 to win the AFC South. Jaguars at plus 650, which I think is rich. If you're betting Jaguars plus 650 to win that division, that is, in my opinion, a little scary. You're... I'm not going to say burning money because I don't want to be put on old takes exposed with who's stopping this offense, but I'm not betting the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 650. I'm sorry. And then the Houston Texans are dead last at plus 2,200. I have the Titans beating out the Colts. I think the best quarterback in that division plays for the Tennessee Titans. I think they have good weapons still with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. I think the Titans win that one. I do not have faith in the Colts winning it with Matt Ryan, though I think it will be close. I think the odds are really just in that the Colts and the Titans are plus 120. Now, I think the best bet, however, is not either of those teams. The best bet, and I'm probably going to look like a fool for this, the best bet is plus 2,200 the Texans wins this division. It's just absurd odds. No other team in the NFL has worse odds to win their own division than plus 1,100. Like, that's insane. Or I guess the Jets at plus 2,200 also. But, like, plus 2,200 when there isn't an obvious favorite to win the division, I think is kind of insane. They had like, the one seed in the division last year. Well, I, I, But the Titans aren't even favored to win it. Like, the, at least in the AFC East with the Jets at plus 2,200, the Bills are minus 190 to win. Like, everyone's like, yeah, the Bills are going to win. You could see some attrition here between the Colts and Titans, and the but Texans th- scoot out. This No, this isn't like the NFC East from a couple years ago where the best where the Washington football team wins it. Yeah. Well, that's like, why the NFC still East— good teams. The no, that, that's the why the NFC East, the, the lowest-ranked team in odds, is at plus 650. I, and I get that. I still think that the best bet—I wouldn't put a whole unit on it, maybe just a half—is is rooting for Davis Mills and this Houston Texans team, officially reset from a culture perspective, ready yeah. to go compete against a Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan-led division. I'm saying the best bet still is Houston Texans plus 2,200. Okay. Not your mortgage. I'm not saying your rent. Okay. Put $5 on it. And let's see where we go. I am going <laughs> Colts to win the division, Titans to finish second, Jaguars third, Texans fourth. But my best bet's the Jaguars. Because you're going from the worst coaching situation in the NFL. A team that was just like down You're picking as bad the Jags. Down as bad as possible. And for as much as they overpaid, they still did add talent to this roster. And the thing is, they could easily and quite clearly have the best quarterback in this division. Is the thing? Oh, they may like if Trevor Lawrence is who he was thought to be, and you've if you add any upgrades to this offensive line whatsoever, and, and they kind of have Brandon Scherf, whatever. If guys take steps forward, and you have a better, not a good receiving core, but better. If Trevor Lawrence takes the next step, I mean, we saw what he did week eighteen to the Colts. If he looks like that in year two consistently, and you just end the low end games. I mean, plus 650, they're, they're not that far off. And they could have a dynamic pass rushing duo with Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Allen next season. So I do think there's reason to believe, and obviously with the better coach staff, with Doug Peterson, who I have 
more faith in than whatever they were throwing out last year. So plus 650, I just don't think they're that far off, which you were saying. That's the worst odds of like around the NFL mm-hmm. is around, somewhere in that range. That's I don't think it's that long of a shot when Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. I have doubts. I have doubts. I'm not but, betting Jacks plus 650. Yeah. Now I could be just as big of an idiot betting Texans plus 2200, but <laughs> it's uh, obviously those are very different odds. On the AFC East, I've already kind of hinted at this division, but how DraftKings has is the Bills are a dramatic favorite. I think they have the best odds of any favorite. No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at minus 280, and then the yeah. Buffalo Bills are minus 190 to win their own division. Dolphins and Patriots are tied for second in odds at plus 400, and then the Jets viewed very similar to the Texans in their division at plus 2200. How I have it going, Bills winning the division. I don't think that changes. Mm-hmm. I think there is maybe some reason... With Brian Dable leaving, like maybe there's some reason for like more doubt than minus 190. And I don't think I'm going to highlight the Bills as my favorite bet at minus mm-hmm. 190 for that reason. But I still ultimately think if I was going to at equal odds, I'm putting Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Dolphins finishing second, which I think is a mighty bet on Tua Tungvaluwa and a mighty bet on Mike McDaniel working out right out of the gate. My favorite bet, obviously with the Dolphins finishing second, is Dolphins at plus 400 to win the division. That's a lot. Plus 400? Plus 400 to win the division? I know the Bills are dramatic favorites, but man... They could hit literal lightning in a bottle with Mike McDaniel and now adding Tyreek Hill. I like them better than plus 400, though I do see at equal odds the Bills winning the division. Yeah, the Bills being so minus 190 implied odds of like 65% is just a, it's a hefty, hefty burden for. Yeah, they're, they're very good, but I think this is a improved division, whether it's Dolphins, Patriots with Mac Jones going into year two to where. Someone could test them. I still have the Bills winning. But the Dolphins finishing second, Patriots third, Jets fourth. And my favorite bet's the Dolphins at plus 400. I do think that the Tyreek Hill effect is real. I think you'll see Tua, and obviously into year three, which didn't really have much of a rookie year after coming off that hip injury that was a unique sort of start to his career to where this is his year three is kind of his year two to where you could see a bump in play, and especially in a different offense that doesn't have two offensive coordinators. So I like the offensive plus 400 is the best bet in this division. Last AFC division here is the AFC North, and we view this division exactly the same. I have right now, or DraftKings has the division as the Browns as the favorite obviously with Deshaun Watson now under center for the Cleveland Browns. They are plus 175 to win the division. Bengals are plus 200 went to the Super Bowl last year, I'll mind you. Baltimore Ravens, third in odds at plus 225, and they're really giving the Steelers no chance at plus 850, which I think does make sense. Not an obvious winner at quarterback there in Pittsburgh. I had the division going, however. Bengals, who are plus 200 to win the division. The Ravens, second. And the Browns, third, actually, with the Steelers rounding it out. I think the best bet there is Bengals plus 200. The Bengals got a lot better this offseason. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is vastly improved. Love the re-signing of B.J. Hill. They still have an opportunity to add someone early in the draft, a top 30 pick, or top, uh, you know, in the, at the back end of the first round. I, I, I don't understand why we're so quick to name the Browns as the favorite, especially, and you've highlighted this a thousand times, we don't know what the suspension is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Now, knowing the NFL, I think we're going to be disappointed by the number of games he's ultimately suspended. However... You have to assume if he's going to be suspended at all, it's at least four, six, maybe eight games. At least you have to assume that. There's no way the NFL hands down just a two-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. Now, I might might be be eating these words. He might not get suspended at all for all we fucking know. That's one St. Jude's. That, in my opinion, 
However, I, I'm baking in the fact that like I'm not ready to bet them until I know the suspension. And if I'm assuming what the suspension is, I think it could put them in a big enough hole, maybe not to miss the playoffs, but to, to miss the win, uh, division win. And that's the thing is that this division's good enough that it's not like they're a lock. This isn't like the Bucks in the South where if he plays, it's a cakewalk or the Packers in the North where you think that they're quite clearly the best team in that division. It's a, it's a dogfight even if he's healthy for 17 games. So for me, to, for the odds to be so skewed towards them, or not so skewed, but skewed towards them, I disagree with that. I, like I said, I have the same order, and I like the Bengals plus 200 is the best bet in that division. Here we go. We see this division the same. Uh, NFC West, before we get to the NFC West, can I remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Western Southern Financial Group? While you focus on your roster moves, Western Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. We're going to go through every division now in the NFC West, South, East and North in that order. But before we do, I want to remind tailgaters or master gators, people who listen to the show, that if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, send me a screenshot of that review in Twitter or Instagram. I'm giving away draft guides. I've given away a handful. I'm willing to give away more. Make sure you review, uh, leave a five-star review, and drop a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Send me that DM on Twitter or Instagram. We'll get a draft guide sent to you. Now, NFC West. The be- the The formerly good division in the nfl second best division in football no probably the north afc north now afc north is the second best division in football yeah. i think that's fair i think that's fair for the nfc west the way DraftKings currently sees this division as the rams favorite at plus 160 this this these odds i don't understand and mike i'm gonna have to i need you to help me here. yeah the rams are plus 160 to win the division mm-hmm. the niners are second at plus 180 to okay. win the division cardinals third at plus 300 Seattle Seahawks at plus 1,000. I do not understand how the Cardinals could be that low. And I've faded the Cardinals in my day. You know, I was a member of the Red Flock C, or not a member, exclusively outside of the flock. I don't understand how they could be this low. The best bet here is Cardinals plus 300. I don't, I, I, they, yeah, you had the Kyler Murray stuff, but he's coming back. And like DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Like this team didn't get significantly better over the offseason. Yeah, they lost Christian Kirk and let the Jaguar, Jaguars pay him a ton of money. But I still think it's a really good football team. And now they've kind of deteriorated down the stretch, and I think people have like had that bad taste in their mouth. But like, my best bet is Cardinals plus 300 win this division. I honestly see them finishing second if given equal odds. I have it Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks. Why are the Niners at plus 180 when there's question marks at quarterback? We don't know if Jimmy G is going to start for them. If it's Trey Lance, do you still give them plus 180 second best odds? You think the Niners with Trey Lance have better odds to win the division than the Cardinals? Yes. Wow. I Yes. Um I mean, the 49ers went to the NFC Championship game. I know, with Jimmy G. We don't know what Trey with Lance their defense. is. With well, didn't give a shit what Jimmy G did. But, I mean, like, they didn't even score 20 points in any of those games. I guess that's fair. I mean, maybe, maybe. I just don't. I just think there's some. I mean, there's question marks under center. And anytime they're to have that many question marks under center, not just in who it's going to be, but also, like, yeah. if it is Trey Lance, what that's going to look like. No I mean, Mike McDaniel. No, ma- ma- no Mike McDaniel. They still have Jimmy G. Like, they. I know. They, but, like, do you think Jimmy G is going to play for San Francisco? We've had this conversation before. You don't. I don't, but I mean, they still do have him. So if they get, if they trade him, they're going to get something back. And if they just cut him, they're going to get cap space back and get more players. So I do think that that's fair. And that's the team I'd bet, honestly, plus 180. Really? Because wow. Trey Lance, again, second-year quarterbacks, does, it, from what we saw in the last game, he played against, was it the Texans they played? I can't remember now exactly. The game he played started at the end of the year. 
if you get that guy for 17 games next year, you would win. You could win that division, especially with that defense. It's going to be one of the better defenses in the NFL next season. So, yeah, I like the 49ers at that number. I think they win the division, honestly. 49ers and Rams and Cardinals and Seahawks is how I have them ordered. And the Cardinals just – they took the offseason off. They haven't done shit. Like, they, they signed Jeff Gladney. Let, obviously, Chandler Jones walk. So, J.J. Watt coming back, can you rely on him? I don't know. I, I just – I don't trust that defense to hold up in against the two offices of that division, the 49ers and the Rams, honestly. Maybe I'm high. Maybe I'm high again, not fading the Cardinals. I've been known That's as the Cardinals. a Cardinals fader, but now I, I feel good about plus 300 for them to yeah. win that division. I like it more than I like the 49ers at plus 180, as I've noted. NFC South. I see it very similar to how the dra- how DraftKings sees it. DraftKings has the Bucks winning minus 280. That's by far the like the best odds to win a division right minus 280 saints mm-hmm. are at plus 450 falcons are at plus a thousand panthers at plus 1100 now I, I don't have a best bet for this one because i don't like betting a team to win that, a division that, that at minus odds. 280 like tom brady gets hurt yeah. you just lost a lot of you didn't lose a lot of money theoretically but you lost what you bet right and then you could see what and they could still win this division with a brady injury who knows but i don't like betting futures at minus 280 that's for sure so I don't have a best bet, but I do see it going Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers the same way DraftKings does. Mm-hmm. I have Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Oh, Falcons not, finishing last. Not yeah, I think the Panthers. I mean, just that defense gives them a leg up over the Falcons, in my opinion. Even if they are starting Sam Darnold, but I think the Saints at plus four fifty isn't a terrible bet. I, I do think that obviously they gave the Bucks have given the Bucks fits over the past two years for sure, and. Jameis, back healthy, massive upgrade. They would have made the playoffs if Jameis was healthy all last season. They would have. And so they brought back pretty much that core. Now they lost left tackle Tron Armstead. He was not a pinnacle of health, but still have to cobble together the left tackle position, TBD on how they do that. But I do think that this team at plus 450, it wouldn't be crazy for me to see them win the division. But, yeah, the Bucks are quite clearly should be the biggest division favorite. Uh, in the NFL. NFC East. This is probably the most fun division to bet. I think the it's the Giants are the last ranked team. It's still only plus 650 to win the division. Dallas Cowboys are favorite at minus 115. Eagles at plus 350. Washington Commanders at plus 400. And then the Giants at plus 650. I see it going, you know, again, very similar to how DraftKings has it. I have Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. But I think the best bet – or no, I have – I'm sorry – I have Cowboys, Eagles. No, yeah. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. I think the best bet is still Cowboys minus 115. <laughs> like, I said this last year about the Cowboys winning the NFC East and that I think the Cowboys are the best team to bet to win the NFC East. And that was when they were, like, plus 130. At minus 115, I still like them. They have the best quarterback in the division, period. And, obviously, they lose Amari Cooper. They lose Lael Collins. There's, there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's reason to believe that they lost Randy Gregory. There's reason to believe they regressed. But, like, they didn't regress at the most important position, and they still have the best one. I think Dak Prescott still comfortably makes them the favorite as DraftKings has it. I think at minus 115, I still think there's value. I don't see how the Eagles or Commanders, or especially not the Giants, like overcome that unless Dak gets hurt, and maybe that's what you're banking into. Yeah, I agree with you on all those points. I I don't see the Cowboys losing this vision as much as they've taken a step back. Yeah. I, I don't see the Eagles. I don't see a huge step forward from the Eagles. Yeah, they're gonna get, they have a bunch of draft capital, but are three first-round picks, the, the chances of... Yeah, you might get one of those guys who's a key contributor, but it's rare 
just rare that any rookie comes in and makes a massive impact on your football team. And so if you're looking for a guy who's going to make a massive impact on your football team, it should have happened already. It's just a guy you signed in free agency, um, a guy you traded for. And, you know, they signed Hassan Reddick. That's about it for that football team. So I do think that Dallas Cowboys are still the class of that division. I still think the defense is good, even without Randy Gregory. Like, what Michael Parsons brings to the table, that was a home run slam dunk of a draft pick, revolutionized what they do defensively because – he just creates so much problems for opposing offenses that, yeah, this defense isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. If I had to bet a non-favorite to win this division, now I, I still believe that the best bet is Dallas Cowboys minus 115. I think it would be the Eagles at plus 350. They do have three top 16 picks, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, Or is it three top 16 picks? My high. The Eagles? Yeah. Top 19. Top 19, 19 picks. The they, they can get, you know, rookies, like you said, don't come in immediately impact. But I, I think they do can improve that team significantly. Uh, with what they do in the draft and Jalen Hurts obviously entering another year in the system I think if I was going to bet a non-favorite I think I'd lean into Philly now that completely flips the script on what, how I felt about Philly the previous year where I got all takes exposed <laughs> for some uh, some Philadelphia Eagles slander now I'm not betting you Carson think they're going to get the number one overall pick I'm not betting Carson Wentz or the New York Giants to win that division now I can't wait for that to come out when we were able to like talk about bets on who's a good bet to be the first overall pick because everyone like hates if you pick any team but like the Lions or the Texans. Mm-hmm. But I think depending where the Falcons odds are, there could be some value there. Depending you where the Panthers beat the Panthers, maybe the Panthers, maybe the Panthers some value. I depends like where the Falcons. Depends odds. Where I will say I like the Falcons odds a lot. All right, NFC North. I have the Packers finishing dead last in this division, bottoming out. This is the it's year over. they planned for. Yeah, I have actually Aaron Rodgers retiring. Right before the season starts. Or no, when did Andrew Luck retire? It's going to be a day after mm. that timing. I think it was preseason, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, I think that's when Aaron Rodgers retires, and then ultimately I think it's the Lions that win the division. No, I have Packers winning. They're favored by a significant degree. The, the way DraftKings sees it right now is Packers are minus 175 to win the division. Vikings are plus 275. Bears at plus 750. And then Lions at plus 1,200, which is kind of surprising. Again, I go back to the Bills are minus 190, and the Jets are plus 2,200 to win the AFC East. The Packers are minus 175, and the Detroit Lions are plus 1,200. That's a lot of faith in the Lions. That's a lot of faith in the Lions. Yeah. I Honestly, Packers minus 175 is my favorite bet. I have that list as my favorite bet, too. It's my favorite bet of any of these. Like that, no, it's not, it's per, it's not great odds that you're getting, obviously, but I don't see how another team wins. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's 100 bucks wins 57 you're, you're basically betting that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Or, or gets hurt. If you're betting against them, if you're betting anyone else this division, because they have the best defense, they have the best offense. Like it's and it's really not particularly close in either of those avenues. That's why I can't wait to, and we'll probably do more podcast episodes on this when we're able to bet win totals and we look at everyone's win total and we pick over under. And I think we should track that this year where you look at like their over under on the win total because that that gives you an opportunity to play yes or no, right? Or like mm-hmm. yes or no on the playoffs. Like with division, it's like you can't bet right now the Packers not to win the division. You'd have to bet like one of those teams to pull it off. Yeah. But I, I have it right now finishing Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, and I have the best bet as Packers minus 175. I have Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. You have the Bears the finishing Lions behind the Lions? Step forward. I think the Lions take a little step forward. I mean, they got a very good offensive line now. Jared Goff, for as not good as he is, he's not a dumpster fire. And I think the defense is going to be much improved. So let me go Lions in turn. Love it. I absolutely love it. That was a fun exercise. I'm glad you suggest that for this podcast, in addition to, obviously, the Tiger Kill trade and all that stuff. When you see us next... I was going to say, hopefully hopefully we don't get 
usurped by more massive news again. Right? Yeah, because a lot we of people were, were, were tagging us in tweets saying Mike said this was not no news was going to happen. Tom for the storm, I was saying. <laughs> well, it's the storm rolls on in the NFL. Apparently. Storm, and we haven't still haven't seen Baker Mayfield get traded. Yeah, that's true. That's going to shift the balance of power. If he goes to the NFC, NFC's back. I'm betting Seahawks because I think he's going to be a Seahawk. Who knows? We'll see how it only ends up. Um, I keep on saying the next time you see me, we'll be with a tattoo and a chain, but we have another podcast tomorrow. It's a bonus mailbag episode. We're going to do a full mailbag, listener mailbag, speak pipes, trivia, all that stuff when we get back. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Send me screenshots of those reviews to get a draft guide. Um, Exciting stuff. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner. (laughs) 